Turn over to Psalm 78. Turn over real quick, Psalm 78. Psalm chapter 78. Psalms chapter 78. Amen. How many of you have made it to Psalm 78 yet? How many have not made it to Psalm 78? How many don't know where Psalms is? Amen. Psalm 78. Then I want you to go to the 41st verse. 41st verse. Amen. I'm going to read it to you. This is a one of the things that I find about faith and preaching faith. Preaching a message about faith. Now we are we are a a Pentecostal church, we are a full gospel church, and all of those things, but we have an emphasis in our message around the subject of faith. Because the Bible says without faith, you can't please it. It's impossible to please God without faith. And so one of the core things that we have to believe, one of the core things that we have to know about is we have to know and understand, have a concept about faith. But faith is an interesting thing because as I was growing up and people were teaching faith, oftentimes it seemed like that faith preachers almost sound, made it sound like that anytime you didn't have something occur for you, something didn't happen that you didn't have enough faith. But the problem with that is, is that faith is a formula. It, it, it contains a, a, a variety of things that make it work. And for instance, faith works by love. One of the concepts of faith is that that for faith to work for us, it works by love. That's the, the uh, a core of it, the foundation of it, is that it has to have a, a love component, and that love is the, is the, is the uh, core of faith itself. The reason God does what He does is because He loves. The reason He works in our life is because He loves. The reason we get it is because we love, and that we have love in our heart. He said, by this shall all men know you're my disciples if you love one another. Love's the core. It's the key. So maybe you have the concept of faith. And you understand faith is a mechanism. And you understand that faith is an act. And that it's the Word of God. And you've put the Word of God. Faith is the substance of hoped for, the evidence of things that I can't see. And you got the faith principle, but you hate her. Do you understand without love, it's not going to work? Even though you have conceptually understood the process of faith, that, that you don't have the ingredients necessary for, the, for what God wants you to have, that love would be a missing key. So loving God, loving people, loving one another. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart. So I could add a continuation of things that are part of the faith substance. So faith is a formula. You know, when uh, Miss, my little girl, little Emily now, and, you know, it's always going through our house. Stephen cooked for a while, and Brian has never cooked ever, and Emily has become a little cook. And uh, when, when she first started cooking, which is several years ago, she started cooking, and, and, uh, and uh, I will tell you that the formula wasn't always right. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when the formula is just not Right. And so she'd make cookies, and instead of salt, she would use baking soda. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, and it would look like a cookie, but it wasn't a cookie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we'd have to act like we liked it. Everybody had to, I'd tell Stephen and Brian, I'd say, okay, eat the cookie, you know, and then just throw it in the trash, you know, just eat the cookie. And then we'd all go, mmm. We'd act like we loved it, but it was horrible. But now when she cooks, she uses the right ingredients. 
And when she makes a cookie now, as a matter of fact, we just kind of sit around the house and go, Emily, go cook. And we'll give her instructions about what we want cooked. And man, that girl will go cook. And when it comes back, it's right. And the reason it's right is because the formula is right. You see, you could have the process or the understanding of faith, but you have to have some other things connected to faith for it to work in your heart. You know, I want you to know something. God wants you blessed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Amen. Say, I'm blessed. blessed. Just shout it out. I'm blessed. blessed. And say, I'm overly blessed. Say, I'm an overcomer. That's what God has designed you to be. God has, has, has made it so that you are an overcomer. He has designed you to be that way. He said, I had not seen, ear had not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man, the things that God has in store for those that love him. You know, when I was growing up, they'd say, you know, his, his ways are higher than our ways. And I know all of y'all have heard that. You've heard somebody say, his ways are higher than our ways. The problem was, is that as we were going through life, and this is where I was growing up, kind of the religious circles I was growing up in, when they said his ways are higher than our ways, they weren't talking about positive things. They would be talking about stuff that was going wrong, things that weren't working out, things that were going the wrong direction. And then when it would be bad and things would turn against us, they would go like this. I know it's bad, but God's ways are higher than our ways. Y'all, anybody ever heard that? Has anybody ever heard that? God's ways, and it was almost always as if the negative things that were going in life were somehow connected to God. But when I now talk about God's ways are higher than our ways, I'm not discussing the negatives. I'm discussing the benefits. I have found that God is for me, and if God be for me, it doesn't matter who's against me. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Come on, church, I want you to drown out the rain. Somebody shout out amen. All right, you're going to preach with me. You're going to say, good going, preach it, pastor. Say it, speak it, shout it. Come on, say it. That's it. I I want you doing it. Amen. God wants us to live in the blessed life, in the more than enough life, in the more than than we can even imagine life, in a life that's higher, bigger, larger. He has these things extended in front of us. I mean, no, God has good things in front of you. The blessings of the Lord make rich and add no sorrow thereto. And the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, the Bible says. How many know the blessings of God will come on us and come past us and come over us and go beyond us? Somebody ought to shout out amen. Amen. You know, I am always glad when God performs a miracle in my life. I'm always happy. You know, when, when I'm sick and I need a healing... And God comes and provides a miraculous healing for me. How many of you are glad for divine health or divine healing when you get healed? Let me give you a better scenario. Are you ready? God wants us to live divinely healthy. Now, I would rather have divine health than have sick in a bed and God healed me. Somebody ought to say amen. Nothing wrong. I mean, listen, I'm always, I am tremendously grateful that God heals And I want you to look at your name and say, Jesus heals. Come on, look at somebody and tell them, Jesus heals. He has already healed. How many know he's already done it? I want you to look at your name and say, you're already healed. You're already blessed. You're already anointed. You're already helped. You're already provided for. 
You know, if we just knew, if I could just know, if I could just know and listen to the Spirit 100% of the time, how blessed would my life really be? How, how many times would, if I could listen 100% of the time and the Lord said, go buy Apple stock when it was, you know, 12 cents a share, and I'd have said yes then, I'd be driving a Bentley every Sunday to church. Somebody else shout out. And not only would I drive a Bentley, I'd also be able to, pay. yeah, I, I buy other people, I, I would be able to afford to fix it. Somebody say, I could put tires on that car. Somebody ought to shout, shout out, amen. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? If I could listen 100% of the time and I could hear what God had to say, that God would be extending to me blessings that are beyond my belief, beyond my imagination. Now, here's the problem. God is not our problem. I want you to look at, look at somebody and say this. God's not your problem. God is not your issue. If you have cancer in your body, thank God for healing. We're believing for it. It's already provided by His stripes. You were healed. Not you're going to be. You were. We've got to get that. We've got to obtain it. We've got to receive it. We've got to have it in our life. It's ours. It belongs to us. It's God. So what am I saying? I'm saying I don't mind if God heals me or I don't mind if I get in a financial jam and God provides. How many of you have ever been in a financial jam? None of y'all. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm with a bunch of millionaires. This church is going through the roof. Buildings and churches and lands and orphanages and praise God, billionaires in the house. Now, I'm believing that for every one of you. But I know right now you're believing that for you. Amen? Now, if you are a billionaire, tithe here. Sunday. If you won the lottery, tithe here. Amen. I'm just saying, here's the deal. God wants you blessed from the top of the head to the soles of your feet. His intention is for you to walk in dominion in everyday life. Now, the reason we don't is not because of God. And I am always glad for miracles, always glad. But I want you to know the best thing for us to do is to live a life of divine health, not just divine healing. Many just wait till a problem comes and they look to God and then they, God bails them out. I would rather God bailed me out every single day. I don't want to be sick. I don't want diseases. I don't want cancer. I don't want uh, heart conditions, lung conditions. I don't want liver challenges. I don't want sugar. Somebody say amen. I want my bank account full. Somebody say full. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe my money's full. That my wealth is full. That my banks are full. He said he would open up and fill our bank accounts, banks with an S. So we're, we're I mean, great for prosperity that when I have a need, he'd supply it, but he would supply my needs every day. He wants me to live in divine prosperity. Amen. I'm going to get this in you. I have to preach it because what happens is, is while you're away, faith is leaking. And I'll build it up in you, but by next Sunday, you need me to come back and preach this again because somewhere through the week, you started wondering whether or not God was going to show up, whether God was going to come. Is He going to heal me? Is He going to provide? Does He take care of me? Is there a challenge? How is He going to fix my family? What's wrong with my marriage? How am I going to make it? And you forgot. See, here's one of the problems is we forget what He did. We forget what He did. Now, I just said there were problems with faith. And they're, they're, number one, let's just say this, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Look at somebody and say, you got to hear. Repeatedly, ongoing, hear. 
Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And what you hear will make a difference in your life. We are, uh, uh, when God plants or the word is planted in us or a word is planted in us, it's planted as seed. And then seed has time and then time has harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. But every day that you hear the word of God, every day that you are stimulated with the word of God, a seed is planted in your life. I've noticed when people get around me and come in my office or whatever, they're dealing with challenges. While they're in my office, I have, I have authority. I understand dominion and authority. I understand how dominion and authority work. By the time they leave my office, they're shouting. They're ready to face tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. Because my authority operates in, when they're around me. I can, I can drive that authority onto them for a while. But then they have to take their authority. Not just my authority. You can't live in my happiness, my joy, my belief, my faith. You have to have your own faith, your own joy, your own belief. But here's the thing. The best part about being in church is when you come to the house of God, there's an installation of faith. Faith is given to us. Seeds are sown into us. The Word is sown into us. We said last week that the devil comes to steal the word. And that some end up, if they're in good ground, with 30, 60, and 100 fold return. The return comes from, I heard the word, I got the word, I received the word. Somebody say amen. And if you don't, the devil comes immediately to try and steal the word. It doesn't matter whether it's been preached one day to you, or 100 days to you, or 1,000 days to you. The devil comes to attack you with finances, with things, with challenges, with uh, reparations, with people's attacks, with all kinds of things. He comes to attack you to try to do what? To steal the word. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Look at somebody and say, faith comes by hearing. So I could say this, another challenge to faith and you receiving what I just said, how God wants you blessed, is that you have to have levels of faith. The Bible says they were strong in faith, weak in faith. They had no faith, great faith. Great was their faith. There were levels of faith that were described in the Bible. People had levels. Some had none. Some had a lot. But there were levels of faith. And I can tell you this, what you'll receive will become, a, will be the revelation that you have in the Word of God. In other words, the highest level of God is only by the highest level of the Word. Not the lowest level, but what you've received. And faith comes by, and hearing comes now I've watched this. I'll just be honest. I've watched this along the way. I don't know what the highest level is. I'm not sure what that is. And you can't describe it either. God described the levels of blessings. In other words, what people could receive or would receive. And I don't know what that is. But I am going to say this with assurance. That there are levels of things that God has in store for us. I know this. There are things God wants you to have and me to have. In our life, there are breakthroughs and outcomes that God has designed for you and I that we never obtained. They're not, it's not like they went away. They're still there because God doesn't change his mind, right? But I haven't received them, and there are reasons why. It's not because you didn't have enough faith. It could be that you didn't continue building your faith. 
It could be that the levels of faith. So, so there have been people, I'll say this, there have been people at Family Worship Center, and, and I know what we teach, so I'm going to say this with assurance and authority. You know, it's like if, if you went to a church that didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be. If you went to a church that didn't believe in healing, you won't be. Because faith comes by, and you have to hear it, right? And so I know that there are people that God has blessed all He can, all He could, at every season, all He could bless them, because whatever seeds were planted were in there for just that level, whatever that level was. If they didn't receive any additional seed, then they couldn't have any additional harvest. If you don't plant a watermelon seed, you don't get one. Does anybody understand what I just said? If prosperity is not a planted thing, and you don't understand the value of prosperity, you, you, then it wasn't planted, you can't prosper. And what does the devil come to do? He comes to steal the Word of God, doesn't he? So, if he can cause derision, dysfunction, dissimulation, discontentment, distraction, I mean, I could just go on with words because it happens between you and a place and you and a word... Amen. Because we come to places where we grow in the Word, then He steals from us because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. You could say, that won't bother me. I had a lady write me the other day. She said, Pastor, we've been away from this message for 13 years. She said, we've come back to this church, and her description was, is I didn't realize how backslidden we were. She came back, their family has arrived back, they've started listening to this faith message, they've been in a good Holy Ghost church, and all those things. But what did they miss out on? Well, we won't know, will we? What, What is it that God had in store? What further benefit was there that could be obtained if we understood the value of the word that we're hearing? I'm preaching real good. I hope you understand the value of the word that you hear. And it gets contaminated. See, those cookies that my daughter made when she didn't know how to cook all look like cookies. They even had chocolate chips in them and everything. Mmm, mmm. But it was the worst tasting thing I'd ever tasted. Even though it looked like a cookie. Just because it looks right doesn't mean it has all the ingredients that are right. And you have to be careful that the devil doesn't try to seed to you the ability to disconnect from what seeds your life and think it's all okay. Well, it's okay. I can go over here and go over there. I can do this. I can be there and be into the other. And I can have this and have that. And it won't affect me because I'll just ignore it. Well, you can't ignore it because it's seeds that are being sown. And when challenges come, those seeds show up. They start growing. And so the problem with faith is this, is that faith requires some things with it. I'm going to give you one of the most important things you can know about faith today. Look at somebody and say, you've got to have faith and everything that goes with it. Are you still there? Here's what it says. They turned their back and tempted God. They turned their back and tempted God. And it says this, and limited The Holy One of Israel. They remembered not His hand for the day when they were delivered from the enemy. All right, let me read it again. We talked about faith working. Faith working in your life. 
I, I had a lady, she had, she had uh, breast cancer, and it was severe. And uh, the, the, I didn't know who she was. I'd never met her before, but I got a phone call on the telephone. And uh, it was one of the ladies in the church said, there's a lady on the school board of such and such district so-and-so, and she has breast cancer, and she's going for breast surgery uh, in a couple of days or tomorrow. Would you pray for her? Well, now, I do a lot of work around, and oftentimes I'm, I'm doing construction and things like that. It's kind of like, uh, you know, my way of getting away. It's, you know, I just do some things just for therapy, you know. And so I kind of enjoy getting away and doing those things because they can get my mind off of stuff. But I had been doing that all day. I, had, I didn't look like a pastor. I didn't have on a suit. My hair wasn't right. I mean, I just looked like I'd been working in the yard, you know. And uh, I, she said, we'd like to come over. And I said, well, okay, come on. And so when I went in the room, this school board member, they looked sharp. Looked like they'd just come out of the offices and stuff. And, and uh, I didn't have a lot of Holy Ghost, you know, feelings on me. Thank God it's not about feelings. Look at somebody and say, it ain't about feelings. And maybe you use proper English instead of what I just used. Amen. But I, but, 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 uh, you know, I walked over to the girl. I said, do you believe Jesus heals? She says, I do. I said, the word says by his stripes you're healed. Do you believe that? I do. I said, well, I want you to know I have a, uh, 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 there's been an emphasis on my life. I don't know how to explain it, but when I lay hands on people with cancer, we get longer lives. We get people healed and delivered. We get, you know, we get miracles when I do this. And, and uh, it's not because I have a special anointing against cancer. Just healing belongs to us. And this is one of those areas. And I, and I can say this had happened because, and this is what I believe, my mother had ovarian cancer and had all, all kind of cancer in her womb and all kinds of things. And uh, they had prescribed her to die. And uh, she went to church, got hands laid hands on her, and she was miraculously healed of Stage four uterine cancer or whatever it was at that time. We're talking back, you know, in 1980 or 1978. You know, so this is years ago. They didn't have all the medications they have today and all. Anyway, uh, she was completely and totally healed. And I would hang around my mother a lot. And it just seemed like that got over on me. I'd seen that healing. Heard her testify about that miracle. Constantly testify about it. And I re- I've received a faith there that I just believe that people are going to live and not die. Amen. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I expect that the cancer just disappears in their head. But I've got one guy that's been living for maybe 17, 18 years now. He's a case study for his disease in his brain. He has a brain tumor he got laid hands on, lived through the brain tumor, and is still alive today and thinks just as normal as the rest of us. I've got another girl sitting in this church. She's got the same situation where the cancer just stopped, doesn't seem to be killing her. She's living on and not going to die as far as I know. We just keep believing. Now, if God's got to take it out, how many believe he will? Amen. But I'm good with where we are now. We're progressing toward healing. Amen. And so it just seems to work in our church. Others, like this lady, came in the office. I didn't have a great anointing. I didn't have a great presence on me. But I laid hands on her and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And that was it. I didn't have no more to say. I didn't have a longer prayer. I didn't throw any stones. I didn't take off my clothes. I just said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. She walked out of my office laid down on the table to get the surgery. And when they went in to do the last exploratory something or another to make sure they had everything right, the cancer was completely gone. She was totally well, totally healed. Thank God for that. I, have a, I, I serve a healing God. And He has that in store for us. It's ahead of us. And the holdup isn't God because if He's already done it, He's not going to do it. He did it. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, thank God he already did it. He's already done it. 
He's already secured your prosperity. He's already secured your miracles. He's already secured your healings and deliverance. He's already set you free. And it says here that they remembered not his hand, nor the day that he delivered them from the enemy. Another version of the Bible, one another translation reads this way. They provoked him and annoyed him continually. They provoked him and annoyed him continually. Now, now, now listen to me. This is what this scripture is telling us. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Don't leave while I say this. Don't get up and walk out. You're not going to. You're going to understand it. An unlimited God who was able to do unlimited things, who is all science, all knowledge, all health, all healing, all deliverance, unlimited, was limited by them. Okay, I didn't write it. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write that. Now, people will come to you and they'll tell you God is a sovereign God. And they'll fight with you that He's sovereign. He can do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants, anytime He wants to. I agree. I believe that God is a sovereign God. I believe He can do what He wants, when He wants, however He wants, at any time He wants, because I believe He's sovereign. Do you believe that? He's so sovereign that He wrote a Bible with instructions in it And told us how he would work with us. And told us how we could receive from him. He did not leave life as an independent thing. He gave us dominion and authority. Gave us power on the earth. And through Jesus that was restored. So a God who could not be limited. We know that. Made a decision. By giving us a word. That he. See Jesus was born in a manger in, 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 the, in, the, in the New Testament. He was born in a manger by choice. No one made him go into the manger. No one made him become a baby. He did it by choice. He came and presented himself to man. He laid aside, the Bible said, de- deity. And presented himself and sacrificed. He became the lamb Slain from the foundations of the world. His choice. Can you see that? Uh, When you get saved, for you to get saved, for you to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, is not to just live any way you want to, do anything you want to, and He saves you. That's not true. The Bible says it's His desire that none should perish, but that everybody should come to everlasting life. So His desire for man is that we all be saved. India, Africa, Asia, China, Iran, Iraq, Russia. God's desire is that every one of them would be saved. It is His desire. But He gave us instructions. If a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that he would be saved. So then He put Himself in a position so that man would make the choice about their salvation. They could choose to or not to. They could receive or reject. Somebody say amen. I'm talking about faith now. You understand what I'm talking about? Because if God says He wants you to be rich, that He poured His wealth on you, then what's between you and rich is not God. 
what's between you and your health is not God. Remember I said, you know, when I, when they would, there was always these sayings. They would say things, you know, you get sick and then we'd say, can we lay hands on the sick? And they'd say, and then when they pray for you, they'd say, if it be the will of the Lord. Do you all remember them days? If it be the will of the Lord, we'll pray for them if it be the will of the Lord. Now let me tell you, that's not scriptural at all. That's not, that's not even a scriptural prayer because it is, it, that is not even a prayer. The prayer of faith says they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. The, the, the Jesus bore stripes for our healing. We're not asking the will of something we already know what the will is. I don't have to ask God if he wants to heal me. He already did it. God made decisions. He made choices. And he set this thing in a path so that anybody who's going to be saved has to do it God's way. Now, if salvation that works that way, so does every other thing in faith work the same way. It doesn't work differently. He didn't, he didn't describe you getting healed based on whether or not he wanted to. He described it as whether or not you would receive it. Does anybody see or hear what I'm trying to say to you this morning? Now, it says here that they limited God. Wow. I want to know how many of you have limited God. How many of you on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, when God wanted to do something great, or this year, last year, or the other year, when God wanted to provide that something in your life, the seed you needed wasn't there? Many of us should be much further ahead, myself included. And there were moments, and, and, I, and listen, it says, they remembered not his hand. They provoked him and annoyed him, and the version says it this way, continually. Israel limited him. An unlimited God was limited by his people. What, what am I saying? You and I have the ability to stop what God has done. No, we can't stop God. I can't stop God. See, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What has God done? I have not seen, ear had not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man the things that God has in store for those that love him. The blessings of the Lord make rich and add no sorrow to it. See, what God has already decided, you can limit your receiving. You can stop, not what he's going to do, because see, you're looking for him to do something. But you're not looking for him to do something. You are now trying to receive what he's already done. Are you with me? So faith is not just that I believe, faith is that I receive it. I receive the word of God. I receive. All right, now listen. It goes on. They restricted. Another version says that they confined him. Now, it's not talking about him as a natural and a spiritual being. That sense, it's talking about what they could have received from him. They confined their reception. They confined what God wanted them to have. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God wants you wealthy. Now look at him and say, God wants you blessed. And then look at him and say, God wants you healed. God wants you well. God wants your children well. He wants to bless your marriage, relationships, friendships, 
schooling, finances. Come on. Come on. And the confinement is you. Now, it's not just that you have faith, because I teach on faith all the time. I'm thinking people have a general knowledge of faith. I'm not saying you understand it all the way. But what else is missing? Let me give you this is what's missing. This is one of the things that's missing from you receiving from God. They prevented His blessings. Number one, Psalm 78 says, they thought too small and too little of God. In other words, their vision and their view was too little. You think it's the next job that provides finances. I think it's God that does. If you don't get the next job, does that mean that you can't be blessed? No, it means that God has another avenue. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody ought to shout out amen. I want you to shout out I'm going to have more. I'm going to receive more. Listen, it's not always about where you're hired, where you're making money. I try to explain this to people, and sometimes it just, you know, I tell them, don't worry about it, you're going to be okay. Because, you know, if you're, you don't realize this, but if your washing machine lasts longer, you may not know it, but it sure is a blessing. If your microwave don't go out, and you don't have to put new tires on your car every 60,000 miles, and they go 100,000 miles, by some miraculous means, that's savings. If you're not at the doctor's office, and you ain't got to have medical procedures every five minutes, that's a blessing. Oh, I know you need to, you think you need to make more. I, I, uh, I wanted to start this church. It, was, it started uh, growing in my heart. I'm going to take this off. I'm hot. And uh, we had uh, started, uh, uh, you know, Amy and I had started thinking about things or whatever. And, and uh, I always do this very vaguely because I don't want to expose everything. But let me just do a vague story of how this worked. But I was making a, a, a certain amount of money at the church. This is what I was making. And we went into a meeting that, it was actually a, a, one day, we went into this meeting. We're sitting in my pastor's office. I know he's not talking to me, and I'm sure he's describing this about other people on the staff. And he's trying to make a point. You know, any job has limits on, on the level of employment capacity or finances there. You become a teacher. You could go ahead and get education, master's degree, continue to grow. But at some point, they have a cap. I mean, you can grow in the cap, but there's a cap. You're, if you have a master's, this is the cap. If you have a doctor's, this is the cap. And you're in between the blank and the blank. You're in between the 45,000 and the, and the 48,000. Or you're between the 48 and the 53 and whatever. There's these margins, but there's a cap. So I'm sitting in the office, and pastor is saying to everybody, he says, let me tell you, some of y'all have reached your cap. You've reached the end of your financial blessing. We don't, we don't have a, we're not in a position to continue to pay you at the level of education you have, at the situation you are, and we're not going to advance your pay unless Jesus came and visited me, and he hasn't. This is your cap. So when you leave here, instead of believing for me to pay your bills, why don't you let God pay them? Now, I'm young in the Lord, so, so I, you know, I, I mean, at first I didn't know how to take that. And I'm thinking, well, this is the limit? <laughs> this is it? I mean, I have four years of college, degree after degree. Actually, it's more like eight years of college, degree after degree. 
I mean, I just, I, I mean, so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, I've reached the cap. And it, it, for me at that moment, it wasn't a big one. It wasn't like I was, I mean, if that's my cap, you understand? And I'm, I, I need money if I'm going to start a church. You can't start it for free. I go home and the Lord deals with me. A lady had offered me her house to renovate it. I'll give it to y'all. I don't want it anymore. I'm going to let you have it. If you renovate the house, it's yours. And I have insurance policies on some of the damage that's there. I'll even take out the insurance policies. I'll give you the money. You can renovate with the money. Now, here's my problem. I have never renovated a house in my life. I know nothing about woodcraft. Zero. So when she first offered it to me, my answer was, nah. How many of you said nah to things? And yet you don't understand that God has some things in front of us. This is what I'm telling you. So I'm capped at my job. And yet I'm thinking, I need more. Anybody in this room need less? Raise your hand. How about those of you who need more? Come on, we all do. God put it in our heart to go from glory to glory. Don't feel bad if you need more. Why would you feel bad about that? God wants you to have more. So, anyway, I'm, I'm dealing with this, with this house. And I, I'm, I'm sitting in my lounge chair at home. I've just had the pastor tell me there's a cap. I've just heard that my finances are stuck. I, want, I, I, I would do, listen, even right now, I would do ministry for free. Really, I love what I do. I love this job. I'm blessed by God to have this calling. I would do it, but I can't. I have three kids, a wife. I have dogs, cats, rabbits. Amen. They all need food. I can't do it for free. And God knows that. He understands that. He's not surprised by your need for finances. He knows you have bills. Needs in the future. So, immediately I jump up out of the chair. The Lord speaks to me and says, this is exactly what it says to me. Only through laziness will you miss out on my blessing. That's exactly what I heard from God. Like he was speaking out loud. Only through laziness will you miss out on my blessing. Now he's speaking to me. I've got the word. I jumped up out of the chair. Ran over the phone. Called the lady up and said, I'll do it. We remodeled the house. And then I ended up selling this. I had to hire some guy to help me. I hired a contractor to teach me how to do the work. I did, I did whatever I had to do because the Lord said, only through laziness will you miss out on my blessing. When we were done, the profit on the house was $44,000. My salary went up by $44,000. Because I understood that I was not limited by the confines of the immediate moment. And had all I believed in was that the job would provide. This is the Israelites. You see, they had forgotten. They had forgotten that God had delivered them from the Egyptians. They had forgotten it. We come up to situations every day that God wants to expose us to greater and better and more and increase us. And we're limited and confined by what we believe about ourselves, Because we forgot about the one 
who is this that's taking care of us. The one who supplies all of our needs. The one who fulfills all of our plans. The one who opens doors and parts the sea. Come on, somebody. They, they, they lack the ability to ingest the knowledge that God did it. They still thought they did it. Deuteronomy explains it to us. They thought they, they thought they were, and they thought they did it, and they thought they were the ones. Yeah, you might be doing some work, but it was God who gave you your hands. When did you forget that the hands you used to do the thing you did were given to you by God, and it was still God who allowed you to do the thing that you did? When did you miss that point? When did you forget? That God gave you the ears to hear what you couldn't otherwise hear and do what you could not otherwise do and say what you could not otherwise say. Oh, I know you thought it was your education, but who gave you the education? Who provided you with the brain? Who gave you the eyes? Who allowed you to hear the information? They forgot. Every day we need to wake up. Every day we need to wake up. Who took my water? Did I take my water? Where is it? I am so thirsty I can't hardly stand it. Somebody say, I wish I had a drink. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, mm. Every day. Every day. One of the thir- See, th- th- you think of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. Thank you. Before you start asking for your daily bread, before you start seeking for the next thing, that you remember, I, uh, I played uh, classical guitar. I was a classical guitar student in New Zealand when my parents lived there. And I was really, really good. I was one of those phenoms, exceptional students for this particular teacher. And when we moved back to the States, I stopped. I regret it because I would be playing guitar a lot better than I do now. Anyway, I I went home from one of the lessons and went upstairs. But downstairs under the house was a uh, some wood for chopping for our wood fireplace. A couple hatchets and like chopping blocks and stuff. I'm down there chopping away. Man, I am chopping. Chop, 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 chop. All of a sudden, chop. And I chopped my finger off. I chopped it all the way down to the knuckle. So what was left was the fingernail and the half of the finger, or that part of the top of the finger on this side of the blade, and the nub on the other. Pulled the axe out, grabbed the finger, ran upstairs and told my mom and dad, I said, look, I've chopped my finger off. They thought I was kidding because at this point I'm holding it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and uh, they're, they're not believing me. So finally I take my hand off and pull the finger off and there's all this left to the knuckle and I'm holding the other half of the finger. And they're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, and so we're, we got to go to the doctor. They got to see what they could do to get this finger back. I'm a guitarist. They want me to, you know, all this stuff. We get to the doctor's office. They've had this thing. It's a part. They've wrapped up the finger and they've got the hand part, the finger part in their hand or in another wrapping. We get there. We get to the doctor's office. They unwrap my finger and he looks at it. He takes the finger and throws it in the trash. 
It's dead. Can't do anything with this. We'll just nub it up, put a bandage on it. It's going to be okay. He'll, have it. He'll be all right. He just won't have a finger. He'll not have a fingernail or anything like that. When he said that, faith rose up in me. And I said, no, Jesus is going to put my finger back on. And we left without the top of the finger, drove home with a bandage on my finger. And I tell you right now, I have a nail and almost all. There's just a little, little edge that's off. But the nail all grew back, the finger all grew back, and I don't have just a knuckle on my finger. Now, I'm going to tell you who did that. God did that. I thank God that he did that. I praise God that he let my finger. might not seem like much to you, but it seems like a whole lot to me. Let me tell you something. I'm happy to have my fingernail, and I want you to know something. I have not forgotten what God did for me. I have not forgotten what God did for me. We forget those little things when God brought us through. Those little things when God saw us through. Those little things. And we don't give Him glory. And you know what we do when we do that? We negate. We, we, we irritate. We agitate. We frustrate God when we don't remember that He's the source. When we think we're the source. When we think we're the way. When we think we can do it. Deuteronomy is filled with blessings. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed coming in. Blessed going out. Blessed in the th- you're the head. Not the tail above. I could just go on and on. You'll have cattle and grain and land. I mean it went on and on and on. As long as we remembered who did it. As long as we knew it was God who provided it. As long as we knew that it was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. we got to get up in the mornings with, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I give you glory. Thank you for the finger, Lord. Thank Him every day for every breath, for every time you get up, for everywhere that you go. You could already be dead, but you're not dead. He kept you. He lifted you. He helped you. He, he watched over you. Well, I'm not just preaching this. I'm trying to explain to you you can have faith. But if you don't have gratitude, if you don't have thanksgiving, if you can't come back to God and say, I wouldn't have made it if it wasn't for you. I don't know what I'd be if you didn't come through for me. I don't know how my marriage would be. Brother Vince was on the phone with me. I was in Target. And as we're in Target, all of a sudden, Brian's mouth started swelling. Do you remember this? Started swelling. I mean, huge, like a big softball size swelling in his mouth. I'm like on the phone with the man, I gotta, we got to go to the dentist. Something's wrong with Brian. And so we go to the dentist as fast as we can get there, sit him in the chair. The dentist panics. you got to get him right now to an oral surgeon. I don't, I don't need, I'm not going to show you these. He wouldn't even show us the uh, x-rays. Get in the car. You've got 30 minutes. 30 minutes to get there. I don't even know what's wrong with him. He hadn't told us anything. But whatever it is, it's disastrous. And whatever it is, we've got to get this thing orally removed immediately. It's an immediate procedure. This is a true story. And so we get in the car, we take him to the vet's office, and I've got those, those x-rays in a, in a sealed envelope in the car. And we're praying, I'm laying hands on Brian, and I said, this thing will not overcome him because no weapon formed against us will ever prosper. This is my son. Yeah. I don't know, sometimes you guys don't understand your authority. 
This is my son. You have no rights in my son. You have no right to take from my children. You have no right to withhold from my family. You have no right to subject them to. We pulled up with faith in our heart. And when he went in the room and sat down in the chair. They took a second x-ray and nothing was on the x-ray that was on the first x-ray. They went in and before they could get to the surgery, his mouth had shrunk. And what they ended up doing was taking a little piece of, uh, like a cap, off the top of uh, one of his uh, holes in his mouth where a tooth was supposed to come through or whatever. Just because it was in the way and they thought it would be a good idea to get it out of the way. But between the time, the 30 minutes between the time we left the first dentist and the surgeon's office, Jesus had come through. I don't serve a different God. I serve the same one. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't confine him in your life. Begin to believe what he said about you. I'm not making it up. That's the thing, you know, we, we, we try to make, this is the problem, I think, that if I was, was going to say anything about churches in general, is they're always trying to make excuses for God like God didn't come through. You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. Like, like they wish God would have showed up. And they never really tell the truth that it isn't about God. Now, it's hard to come to a church like this. People get frustrated with this because we don't lay it off on God. We're not here to preach messages that make it sound like, well, you know, even if it's bad, God's good. We preach, if it's bad, you need to make it good. You need to go after the blessings of the Lord You need to attract yourself to the things of God. You need to fight for what God has declared is yours. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. We forget. They forgot. They didn't remember His hand. It was impossible for God's blessings to be on them because they remembered not His hand. Listen to another, this is another story. Mark 6.52, it says, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. The disciples had been out with Jesus. He fed 5,000 people. Mark chapter, I think chapter 5 or chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 52. They went after the feast. These people had no food. They had no way to eat. They were hungry. And Jesus fed them with loaves and fishes from just children. Five loaves. Two, what was it? Uh, two fish or five? Well, I can't even remember. What was it? Y'all don't even know. See, y'all don't even know. Two loaves, five fish. That's what it was. Anyway, when they got done, they took 12 baskets. Each one of his disciples took a basket. When they got in the boat, The Bible says that a storm came, and they thought that they were going to lose their lives. And then the Bible says, for they forgot the loaves and the fishes. In other words, even if there's a storm in your life, remembering the one who brought you victories 
is the way for the next victory. That they didn't have to worry about their life. Somebody ought to say amen. Has God done anything for you? Has God brought you out? Has God delivered you? Has God seen you through? As small as it may be, don't you think that God can see you through? David said he was delivered from the bear and he was delivered from the lion. That's how he knew he was going to be delivered from Goliath. Goliath was bigger than the bear and it was bigger than the lion. Our, our victories ahead are larger. Somebody say amen. The baskets left over were in the ship while they toiled. They took it for granted. Is there anything you need more than faith? No. I'm a marked man by what God's done in my life. I'm marked by the stories of his miracles. I'm marked by what he's done. Psalm 78 says, "They they, they remembered not his hand. See, when the devil comes and says that he's claiming your victory, and it's impossible for you, and when you try and it seems like everybody says it can't happen, it won't happen, God has already done what He's done. And if you can recall what God has done, you can have what's supposed to come. Somebody say amen. Don't forget the provisions of the Lord. Don't forget what God's done for you. Time and time again, they pushed Him and limited Him and provoked the Israelites. This is the message translation says it this way. Time and again, they pushed Him and limited and provoked Israel's holy God. How quickly they forgot what He had done for them. It's amazing how quickly we forgot yesterday. How quickly we forget the victory. How quickly we we forget to thank Him and praise Him and lift Him up. Your next victory is bound certainly by faith. But it has to have all the ingredients. Faith has to have thanksgiving and gratitude. It has to give God glory for your victory. Somebody say amen. Would you lift your hands?